0: Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Sheila Zelensky Show. I have a really rare treat today, and I'm kind of really excited about this particular show. My three guests today, well, you could say uh, they know me well. It is My Three Sons. And no, I'm not talking about the show from the 60s. It is really my three boys that are joining me today. They just launched Just Three Brothers podcast. And I'm uh, really excited about this conversation. And I'm sure that what they cover on their podcast is soon to be mom ruining all the fun. So I would like to first introduce my oldest son. He is the biggest billy goat gruff, I guess you could say it is. Dallas, welcome to the show. Catelyn. my middle little son cat and my youngest Carter. So all three boys join me today. Dallas, Catelyn, Carter, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having us, Sheila. Yeah, thank you for having us, Mom.
0: Mom. We appreciate it. So uh, I'm kind of, it's interesting. Recently, my sons know that I got picked up in sports magazines across the nation. LeBron James is an Illuminati wizard. And everybody had sort of a good ha-ha-ha at my expense. I did get picked up on some MSN sports and ESPN shows. And over the years, these boys have kind of, here's a good example. They bought me a card. Two years ago for my birthday, it says, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy factualist. So there's always been this little rib that mom's a kooky minister who likes bashing all our childhood fun, dismantling our comic book heroes. So... I think this will be an interesting conversation. Of course, as everyone knows, I did the Pokemon, the dark roots of Pokemon. And Pokemon is really near and dear to these boys' hearts, as well as Nintendo, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Of course, I did my Aquaman, Infinity Wars, The Avengers. I've covered a whole section on Wonder Woman. I did Gods and Spandex. And so I kind of obliterated everything that's fun. So let's jump into it. First of all, Dallas, my oldest son, I want to know your opinion over the years watching this How does that resonate with
2: you? Hey, guys, this is Dallas from the Just Three Brothers. Um, For me, it's hard because I have different beliefs than, obviously, the two um, younger brothers. So I can kind of understand where you're coming from because I do have a Christian basis, right? So it's hard for me to... For me, I really struggle with the fact that... If I, if I really believed everything that that you preach 100%, then I would ha- I'd really struggle with the fact with even watching it. Sometimes with the, um, obviously, especially with Disney and especially with Marvel, I do see a lot of underroots of conspiracy theory, talking about Operation Paperclip and Captain America, Winter Soldier. There's a lot of things that are very subtle that Disney does. And I'm not a huge fan of it. Maybe they are a little darker then I would like to think, obviously, I still am going to always have a special place in my heart for Marvel in general. Same with Pokemon, obviously Nintendo, but I just can't, if I bought into everything, I don't think I could stomach watching it. So I have to kind of separate it and just know that it's just for entertainment purely, Um, because if I deep dive too far into it, then obviously it kind of bothers me in my spirit. So I have to just kind of keep it completely separate and just realize that it's just for entertainment and it's just for having fun and to just enjoy it. Because otherwise, if I get too far into it, then I probably wouldn't watch it.
0: So Catelyn, weigh in on that
3: from some of the content I've seen I think that a lot of it's taken really literally as far as like Dallas talking about how like Disney maybe has some dark roots I'm sure if you dig deep enough in any any kind of organization or any kind of like you know massive corporation like Disney you're gonna find some dark stuff but I think for the most part like it's just they're just telling stories and they're just you know fantasy stories that have these really rich characters in them and I don't know I don't think there's any evil intent I don't think that it's to be taken so literal again, I, I I can see how some people would have conspiracy theories based on around it and that sort of thing. But for my for on my side, like it doesn't bother me at all. I, I think there should be uh, a, a good understanding as far as like even if you hear something or you see something that you don't really agree with, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're. That's something that the person who's even portraying that imagery or that kind of creative outlet that they believe. So, for example, let's say if Disney did a a movie about, you know, angels and demons, right? I mean, it could just be because they want to show showcase that kind of imagery, right? And they may not even believe in angels or demons themselves. I think that making that distinction is really important. I think that people take things too seriously nowadays. I think people um really don't think of uh, they always try to speculate people's intentions i feel that that's a really bad way to go about things too um the whole like wizards of the coast special that you did with pokemon um i think you know you're taking it a little too literal when you're talking about wizards like they're not actually casting spells and stuff like it's just a fun company name for a little kids game of playing Pokemon cards I I think that people are getting way too offended nowadays about every little thing and I think that basically you can make a conspiracy theory out of anything if you dig deep enough
0: interesting comments Carter your thoughts
1: yeah I'm kind of leaning towards kind of cat's opinion where I think people are just kind of looking into it a little too deep, you know, I think a lot of the time it's just people borrow aspects of these conspiracy theories just to kind of make cool content or maybe a cool story out of it. I don't think that necessarily corresponds with their beliefs. And uh, also as well with Pokemon, I know you pointed out the fact that the evolution side of things is is pointed towards darwinism but i think more, more so they're just trying to show just like growing up you know the pokemon starts as a child and then as it progresses it grows into an adult i don't think it has anything to do with darwinism or things like that i just think a lot of the time people just borrow these concepts just to kind of make a cool just to kind of make things interesting i don't think necessarily that matches their beliefs in any way
0: Well, let's actually go to the Pokemon because the other day, Catlin was reading and now for people that don't know, we'll set this up. So I did a dark roots on Pokemon and then we read some of the comments on one particular young guy who who does an expose on my expose and he's just, you know, kind of mocking it a bit. And he's kind of a nerdy guy. But the comments were actually Catlin, I want you to weigh in on were you surprised at the comments?
3: To a certain degree, I mean, I, I feel like you kind of have that sort of bandwagoning and dogpiling a lot on the internet, especially when people are really um, supportive of a certain channel or a certain, um, you know, internet celebrity. So, of course, you have the, a lot of that kind of mob mentality on the internet. I think that the, the individual that you're talking about, his video, you know, the nerdy guy that you're describing... Um, His video was pretty terrible. His points were pretty (laughs) terrible. So I can understand why like your like group of holy warriors flooded his comment section. Um, But again, I've never really thought that that's the way to go about things. I don't think that group mob mentality is like ever solves anything. I think that he's just a young guy and maybe he's a little bit misled. But again, you know, he got his uh, just desserts in the comment section for sure.
0: Yeah, on his own video, I might add. Moving along, what did you think about the Pokemon review that I did? Did you think it had any validity? Carter, what were your thoughts on the Pokemon expose?
1: Well, the only real parts of that show that I've actually seen are through the video that you're describing. Um, I I believe his name was Some some Ordinary Nerd or something like that. His video. I only watched like 10 or so minutes of it, but I agree with Kat, whereas I think a lot of his points were just kind of grasping at straws, you know.
0: Not really any salient points.
1: Yeah, but as well, I, I feel as though even in your video, I think, again, you're just taking things a little bit too literally. And I I know the he mentioned that an article that you brought up where...
0: Uh, he I was saying that he abandoned Christianity and, and uh, there was a dark side to it. And I, he actually brought that up, that that was not a, an actual article.
1: Right, that's what it was. Yeah, so I don't know. I think a lot of it just comes down to... You know, you have to really do your research on these things. I don't think you can just read one article or one person's belief and then just take that as fact. I think you really, if you're really trying to do a show like yours, you really need to deep dive and do a lot of research, not just read one thing and then just believe it and take it as word, especially on the internet. I think you really need to kind of take things with a grain of salt because there's a lot of false information on the internet.
0: Well, I think one thing that's interesting is how you guys – have a real connection to Pokemon. I mean, Catlin and Dallas. Well, let's talk about Charizard, shall we?
2: I'll talk about that. And, uh, we obviously brought my dad up in a previous Nintendo video about how um, he really helped with our childhood and playing video games with us and stuff like that. But also, he kind of ruined our childhood at the same time by um, burning over... We look Looking it up online, all of our first edition cards that we had would probably be, if they were all um, Condition 10 cards... Which a lot looking, of them were. Which a lot of them were, because they were in uh, soft and hard-covered sleeves. You'd be looking at over half a million dollars worth of Pokemon cards that he burned in oh. a fire pit in front of us and yeah it uh, sounds def- a little
1: traumatizing
2: yeah and he did It wasn't the first time he did this he did this with our magic cards later on and he also did it with our digimon cards my dad really had a a, a very happy time burning our our stuff so that's that's nice
0: <laughs> catlin when you read that the first edition charizard was going for almost half a million dollars usd uh what were your thoughts um, it's a little
3: bit depressing to say the least
0: yeah knowing that I could have essentially bought a house with
3: a small <laughs> piece of cardboard Um, but again you know uh, his uh, rationale for that I guess is we were misbehaving in school so he figured a light uh, child traumatization sprinkled in there would be a, a good way to go about that but I mean you know the jokes on him you know I could have bought him a car or something with that if I decided to sell it but
0: yeah that's that's rough knowing that you had a collection probably worth about a million dollars today yeah that's a little bit of a a rough one (laughs) for sure okay so what I want to jump into is of course in your Just Three Brothers podcast you cover a lot of gaming and you cover topics like anything from Dragon Ball Z to DC to Marvel Universe cinematic Aquaman Winter Soldier Captain America all the Infinity Wars um there's a litany as we know of course of a a lot of the cinematic universe stuff that I've covered. I guess the ironic thing is um, that, you know, you guys are, your are three brothers, you're into gaming, you're into various things together. You grew up with things like Dragon Ball Z, you grew up on comics, Dallas and Kelton, you spent a lot of money and time, hard-earned allowances buying comics. And of course, you know, we're living in a time where I don't think the enemy is even hiding anymore, and the world still can't seem to see him. And yet, um, you know, you're my three sons. And the interesting thing, I guess, and I hate to overuse that word, but as a minister, as a preacher, as an evangelical apostolic preacher that speaks all over the world and gets invited to churches and does a lot of uh, my ministry is based, my ministry really deals with with the spiritual side to things, things like demons and entities and doing spiritual warfare and deliverance, which is, you know, really odd for a lot of the 17 to 34 year old that demographic, it's probably a really very bizarre strange kind of concept i know that you guys have had a little bit of a rough time with it i've done shows like hybrid super soldier and the coming alien apocalypse i've linked some of those things below gods and spandex a dark history of the comic books dark side of pokemon disney deception that's got almost you know a million hits rapture revealed in avengers endgame avengers infinity war is there a hidden satanic message yes i do believe there is And aquaman revealed occult marine spirits illuminati freeman all these things that are really in the realm of kookyville to you guys and yet i really truly do know that i know that these things exist because i've dealt in a ministry that deals with casting out demons so yeah dallas is you sort of i'd really like your take on you're talking about things that you enjoy that your mother does not um for me it's I can understand the points that you make because obviously, like I said, I
2: do have a, a religious background. So I understand how you can jump to conclusions based on some of the things that they've created, right? The Marvel universe is better better for that because they do have Hercules and obviously the Amazon princesses and stuff like that in DC. You could take that literally if you want, like directly from the Bible, you know what I mean? That it is a possibility that these things were worshipped at one point in the past. Could have been walking around, you know what I mean? It, like if you if you take it literally from the Bible, Bible. obviously you realize that some of these gods like zeus and um a lot of the the roman gods as well they obviously there's a great possibility that they could have actually been around and been worshipped by people at the time could have been like you say in some of your shows they could have been fallen angels they could have been the nephilim like there's a huge possibility of that but obviously my other brothers are gonna not think the same as me so
0: Catelyn and Carter, when you think of history and you think of all this pantheon of gods and goddesses and deities and entities, do you think it's just coincidental or do you think do you think that's a coincidence? Do you think there's any biblical background or do you think it's just, you think they came out of thin air? What's sort of your overview? What's your take on it, Catelyn and Carter?
1: Um, I don't know if I'd say it's coincidence. Uh, I don't think superheroes are really worshipped in the way you kind of try and describe in your video. It's definitely different because these gods that people worshipped in past times, I just don't think there's any similarities from that. I understand that, you know, they were described as having almost superpowers in a way, you know, Zeus with his lightning and Hades being a demon or Satan or whatever. But I I can see the similarities. But again, I think they were just kind of drawing those things out of those characters just to kind of make a unique character. For example, what's that character in the X-Men that can shoot lightning and things? Storm? Storm. Yeah, I think maybe they just borrowed aspects of, you know, mythology just to kind of make an interesting character. I don't necessarily think that, you know, they did it with malintent.
0: But at the same token, you say that, but if you read their accounts, some of the creators, for example, some of the Marvel creators are very high level occultists, and they say right in there, they, you know, whether they do these rituals, or whether they smoke peyote out in the desert, I know for a fact that it's mentioned in one of the creator Morrison, he said that while he was he was taking psychedelic drugs, he came up with a concept for a few of his characters, you know, Stanley, again, reading. Aldous Huxley's Doors of Perception in one of the cameos in the movie it's always these little overtones. You find that interesting? Yeah, I don't, like... I don't see
1: a problem with that. Yeah. I think no if what? someone wants to you know, take psychedelic drugs and come up with characters. I think that's great. I mean, it definitely seemed to work for him. I mean, he was able to make some of the most profitable characters in the world, debatably. So I think if he was using psychedelic drugs to achieve that, I mean, all the power to him.
3: I don't understand how that's like a negative towards him. You know, it's just like it doesn't make any sense. You know, you could you could bash a lot of qualities about someone who come up with these characters, but at the end of the day, the art that they produce has been enjoyed by a lot of people all over the world. Who cares if the origins are him? tripping balls in the desert I think that the characters are you know fun creations that people have enjoyed like I say I I don't think that their creators in the real world you know have anything to do with the art that it's made I've always had the opinion that you have to view the art and the artist as different let's say hypothetically you know an artist that I really love like H.R. Geiger if it turned out that H.R. Geiger was like a terrible person and murdered people and stuff I would still love his art I don't care about the person I care about the the art that he's producing so to me I feel like a lot of the the information in your videos were were, was pretty far-reaching and making a lot of kind of connect the dots which weren't really there I think that for the most part you know these characters could very well be inspired by myth and legend and even some aspects of the bible but Like, so what?
0: I believe, in my opinion, they are inspired by fallen angels, demons, other entities in the Bible. That's my opinion. And uh, it's interesting that when you look at, for example, Dota 2, you and I've talked about this, Catelyn, that a lot of demon names, of course, as a deliverance minister over the years, you know, it sounds a little hard for some people to understand this, but when demons manifest a lot of times, you know, when you're casting out demons, which I do in my ministry, which is really an odd concept to some people, a lot of these demons rat themselves out. And over the years, I've had demon names. I've, you know, asked the demon point blank, what's your name? And one demon actually was talking in a 2000 year old dead language. Like for example, Abaddon, Apollyon, being in the book of Revelation chapter nine, we've talked about Tartarus. We've talked about these demon names that are in video games. I think video games are very inspired by demons. Now, little creatures, folklore, pixies, sprites, giants. I think all these things are in, inspired by like extra biblical texts like the Book of Enoch. Certainly there was fallen angels, 200 watchers that came down to Mount Hermon and mated with the women, produced this, this hybrid progeny called the Nephilim. And I think it's interesting that a lot of the pantheon of gods are really based on things out of the Bible. Would you agree with that, Dallas?
2: Well, I would I would agree because I think it has to come from somewhere, um, especially with all the with all the books they have and and the history that they have behind them. They're not just I don't think they're just made up characters. I don't think Hercules, Zeus, Rock from the Egyptian gods, like I think obviously all of them down to the Sphinx. Like I think there's there's I think there's more to it than just all made up stuff. I think there's definitely history. And obviously, in my opinion, yes, it's a lot a lot of Bible related. I think Hercules and, you know, Zeus, they could have been fallen angels or like or an offspring of sorts of the fallen angels mating with the women but that's just like i said it's an opinion i don't have any facts when it comes to that because obviously the bible is thousands and thousands of years old there's no like text that i've ever had in person to verify my ideas so it's just yet again it's my opinion that's all it is is an opinion right i like obviously i just think it's too much of a coincidence that that there's just so many different gods and goddesses that have been worshipped over over the span of time for it not to be something okay
1: but who's to say these aren't these aren't otherworldly beings you know if we're to believe that the universe is ever expanding you know who's to say that these aren't otherworldly beings coming to our earth and you know being praised as gods and showing them these new technological advancements you know who's to say that this is spiritual in any way what if these are just aliens in some way
3: who's to say that they're not just fun books who's to say that they're not just fun stories. I'm sure a lot of the content that is inspired by something, but who cares? Like that doesn't have any validity. Just because I write a book about Superman or like about demons or angels it doesn't number one necessarily mean that angels, demons or Superman are real. Number two, it doesn't necessarily mean I believe in demons angels or a Superman existing. I think that to make that distinction is really, really important. Someone could basically say, yeah, it's super inspired and it's like just dripping in biblical text and inspiration but like again that doesn't matter I think it's a really strong suit for a person to be able to distinguish stories and reality I think that's a really really strong suit that someone could possess and to make these massive links and stuff sure like it again like there's connections but why does that matter I don't understand why it matters like for example the guy who designed Pokemon or the guy who designed you know Marvel characters who cares if he was having an an
0: illusionary trip I think how it matters is they always give these biblical shots. It's like they always get in their little God shots, almost mocking, in a way, the Bible. For example, Stephen Strange, when he goes up to become the Sorcerer Supreme, he goes to wherever the forbidden land that he goes and studies and trains with these other sorcerers. That's what they are, the alchemist wizards, sorcerers. I find it really interesting. He goes into a library and he pulls out one of the books they made this really known for eyes that caught it lesser key of solomon it's a grimoire on demonology it was compiled in the mid-century you know the third the lesser keys of solomon also very much used by alistair crowley and a lot of these high-level occultist. The Key of Solomon was actually, Alistair Crowley used a lot of it, including the Goetia, The Lesser Key of Solomon, also a hardcover book you can get by Alistair Crowley, one of the top high-level wizards on the planet. And this guy was, I mean, we're talking high-level occultist. We're talking major black magic. So I just find it interesting they always have some little overture even in one of the Marvel movies they mentioned the word savior and he said I don't know what do you want me to say Jesus so again it's the mocking and I think we're getting a lot of occult overtures in everything in every aspect of Hollywood it's conditioning predictive programming I think we're just getting a steady diet throughout you know, from the time we're born to slow acclimation to all these pantheon of gods that are going to save us. And then you have Thanos, who is really like the ultimate God who just depopulates the earth. I mean, that is a real theme of depopulation. You know, I wrote the book Green Gospel, and I talk about depopulation extensively. The who's who of the global elite really are, in their own words, trying to depopulate the earth. I find it always these themes, even in Godzilla, uh, if, you, if you watch the newest Godzilla, where they see the city of king atlantis of monsters, king of monsters, I believe. King of monsters yeah. yeah king of monsters they actually really introduce the city of atlantis remember they're looking at the hieroglyphs and i think we're getting acclimated to this now that we came from aliens you have all these shows like ancient aliens and they dance around everything but they never really go there to the biblical narrative i find that very strange
3: would you concede that not everyone on the planet believes that the bible is a real thing? Certainly. Right, so would that make sense? Again, you didn't really answer my question from before. Um. Again, I, I'm I'm with you. I am in agreement that things can inspire and that these are things that are existing, like how you're talking about Doctor Strange is finding the Book of Solomon or whatever, but that doesn't answer the question. Are you able to distinctly determine, pl- we're playing this through, what do you think is that, you think Disney has a secret agenda of causing? I do, comp- absolutely. Oh, okay.
0: Um, Disney, if you watch my Disney Deception, I think I lay out an absolutely compelling argument for a lot of people like Disney has been a childhood thing but what's really stunning if you look at that expose and which has almost got a million hits on it I think it's very compelling what I put together that Walt Disney himself is a high level Freemason really is the progenitor of really this magical kingdom. Uh, Alistair Crowley wrote the book Magic with a K. Magic is not this fun, benevolent thing that people think it is. Not like a little guy on the street at a birthday party. High-level magic is high-level incantations, sorcery, alchemy at the highest level. And we know, of course, that Hitler in the Third Reich was very much into the occult, deep into the occult. Again, look up the Thule Society, T-H-U-L-E. And they were continuing on the work of Alistair Crowley, noted high level wizard, one of the most evil men on the planet. He was really friends with L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology. What were they doing out in the desert with jet propulsionist Jack Parsons, who later blew himself up and And actually, that was fatal. So he actually died doing what? One of the Alamantra workings. You can look that up. The Babylonian working where they manifested what we know today to be an alien gray. It was the first reported alien that was ever released through the spiritual veil. They called it LAM, L-A-M. You can look all this up. What did they do in the desert? They broke the spiritual veil. They conjured up demons. And one of those demons was lamb that looks surprisingly like an alien gray. And when was the first sighting of an alien gray? The mysterious lamb drawn in, I think it was 1917. So I really believe there's a spiritual war. And if we could ever see in the spiritual realm, you know, I think I joked with you, Catelyn, I asked you if you ever saw a 12-foot warring angel, how that would change your opinion. And you said, if you saw physically the manifestation of that, and yet see these things do manifest all the time when when I am have done deliverance over the last 10 years. So seeing is believing, right?
3: Yep, that's literally the, the whole crux of it. I have yet to see any of this stuff that you're describing, so.
0: Well, you can come with me sometime. I'm doing deliverance. But don't you find that just that in itself? It's odd that all these high-level occultists and wizards and witch doctors and all these high-level Freemasons are very fascinated with the spiritual realm, the spirit world, and these entities Hitler himself actually started of the Vril Society where they they were plugged into a lot of the themes that are coming out in Operation Paperclip, looking for charged objects. That is riddled through Captain America, don't you think, Dallas?
2: Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, It's right in front of you in that aspect. And people want to argue and stuff, but it actually happened. There was there was German scientists who literally worked for the government that were mind controlling people. And it's right in front of us with um, what they did to the Winter soldier you know what I mean they literally mind controlled him so that it wasn't him and he'd go off and he would kill people and he basically would, wouldn't be in control of his own body so do I think do I think that mind control exists absolutely I think if you you know you put someone in a chair and you repeat a message a million times without food water you know what I mean like eventually they're going to be not themselves anymore and I think they had that down to a science and like I said it is far-reaching but maybe it is something that's happening in front of us now with all the blatantness it's blatantly right in front of us and people eat it up you know what i mean especially with disney but like i said i have to in myself i have to keep it separated because i know for me it's just entertainment and some of the stuff that they talk about in those in those movies and stuff and like you said the book of solomon and dr strange like these are real real things right so but i i mean they, they have a way of making it right up in your face but also not to the point where people would ask questions I guess I don't know
0: I have a really hard time watching movies like that because of the screen that I watch them through they're very non-enjoyable for me because of my background and the themes that I see woven into every one of these movies it's always really high level occult over themes I see it in every single movie these demonic overtures these high level occult themes are just woven into every single almost movie that we watch and it's always don't you find it interesting it's always around these gods in spandex i just find that interesting that we kind of innately intrinsically look to somebody to save us the avengers
1: i don't know i guess i mean i think it's definitely fun to kind of think about these things where, you know, if you look deep into everything, you'll find you can always find coincidences and things like that. So I don't know. I just think it's kind of nitpicky to just watch a movie and see these things that might not even be real. You know, maybe you're just imagining these things, but I don't know.
0: What if you really found out that all these things I've been talking about for a couple decades are true?
3: Uh, That's kind of the whole thing with it. Um, It's been more than that. You know, I'm obviously 29 years old. I've never viewed any of this stuff that you're describing. So I'm still waiting for these warring angels and stuff to manifest physically. I think it's all just a bunch of hooey. I think that these are massive, far-reaching things that are just trying to ruin fun franchises that are just silly fun Franchises. I think if you take everything and try to look at them through a lens, like you say, that you can barely enjoy these movies because there's so much occult stuff peppered in it, I think you just need to relax.
1: I don't think these things are affecting us in our day-to-day lives. You know, if there's people out here doing these occult things... You know what are we gonna do to stop them? Or you know, like it's not affecting us. You know, when I go to a walk for a walk or go for a drive, I'm not being kidnapped by the government and being brainwashed into watching psychic, like getting hypnotized or things like that. So I don't know. It's not affecting me personally. So
0: that you know of but do you really think that the classical conditioning the really slow acclimation over the lifetime when you you're a little child you're watching Disney themes you're getting a steady diet of these depictions since the time you're a little kid do you not think that is a form of brainwashing over you know we've had seven decades of Disney
1: I saw a couple examples in your gods of spandex video of these kind of subtle things and I noticed one of them was a, a sparkle of dust and you wrote the word sex but it was like super it was like you you can do that with anything you know you can find these phallic objects out of anything as long as you cut cookie cutter these things out of them and i think it's just super far-reaching i
3: think that the same could be said for the bible in some respects that we're just from a young age conditioned and brainwashed to believe these stories and i think that it could be equally used in the same way You know, when we're young, we're told that there's, you know, Jesus and the boys and there's angels and all this stuff that could be a form of brainwashing or whatever. So I think that you could equally prescribe the same things you're prescribing to the superhero fads of now or harry potter all that to the bible as well it just depends on your perspective
2: yeah but the important thing for me is it like like as a believer like i i care about your guys's future like this this earth in my opinion is only a bleep and in, in time you know what i mean your salvation to me is endless you know what i mean it's it's forever so obviously like a hundred years or whatever that we're on this earth for me it's hard for me to see you guys like not being believers obviously just because at the end of the day if what the bible says is true and Jesus is the only way to salvation, then how could I not want to push you guys in that direction or, or show you guys things that I, I have learned in my life? You know, I've came a long way since I've been saved and I've seen the things that have done. Obviously I've had my, I've had my downfalls too, but I just think that I worry about you guys at the end of the day, because I love you guys. You guys are my baby brothers. And I don't know, sometimes it, it disheartens me to know that, you know, right now, if you guys are both to get hit by a bus, there's a chance that you guys could be rotting in hell. Well,
1: you know, I'd love I'd love
2: that, you know, to, to have
1: salvation and live in heaven forever. But it's just, again, I don't, I, I'm not just going to blindly believe in something. I, I think that's kind of hypocritical in a way, because you're, you're saying these things where you should just believe that, oh, there's occult messages and all this, but without any real proof or evidence. And then you're going and blindly believing this faith where, I don't know, I, it, personally, in my opinion, I just haven't seen any proof or anything like that. So I don't know. You guys might have
3: different well, takes so on been- that. To even build off of that, I think it's all just people wanting to be a part of a group, people that feel like they're trying to fill a a void in themselves or something, and they want to just believe in something. And some people will die for that. Some people will kill for that. And I think that it's a dangerous, terrible ideology, especially when you have an attitude like how Dallas just said, like he feels bad for us that we'll be rotting in hell. It's like, well, I mean, okay, but obviously... I'm twenty nine, I'm not changing my views. I don't plan on changing my views. That's just the way it works. There's been nothing, no evidence or proof to to sway me to a religious standpoint. It's all, it's all quite convenient. Like they're cool stories and stuff. Like the imagery is really cool and the stories, I'm sure, have a good message. But at the end of the day, I think that's all they are. I think they're stories. And that's my my take on it.
0: But when I interview in a year and that changes, you'd come back on the show and talk about that. Keep holding your breath. Well, you know what, Kat? I really, truly believe that everything in its own timing, you have a very powerful prayer warrior of a mother. So I do believe that uh, we all have encounters. We have different life paths. And I believe that for each person, it's really important in this lifetime. We're not promised tomorrow. The Bible says, but I think deep down, intrinsically, when you look at creation and the perfection of just the intricacies of even just a rainbow, it's hard really for me to think that an intelligent person would not believe that there's a creator of all this. That just, oh, there was a big bang and out of the big bang. It's like, who bought the gas to run this machine? Darwinism and evolution that's woven into things like the X Men and the X Men evolution. There's always these tones. And again, I actually did a, a an X-Men expose as well. But I I really find it just interesting that a lot of the young people, you know, Christianity is not that attractive to them. But I will tell you one thing, if you guys were to come, say, witness some of the things that happen when you have demons manifesting, I think you'd really change your tune very quickly.
2: For me, the one thing that I remember, um, and this is the best analogy I have for this is, I remember driving in a truck with my grandpa, with your, your dad, obviously, Grandpa Bob, And we were like having a religious discussion and it was just recently after I got saved. So I was very, very spirit filled. And, you know, I, I just, you know, I cared about grandpa and I knew he was getting older and I just, you know, I wanted to save him, you know what I mean? It was like, I took it upon myself. And I remember him saying something to me and he said, if, if this is true and Jesus is the only way and my brothers and sisters my uncles and aunts a lot of them didn't believe in Jesus so you're telling me right now that they'd be rot- they're rotting in hell right now he's like so why would i want to go somewhere without them he's like why would i want to spend my the rest of eternity without being around my loved ones and then eventually as you know he got saved in his last days on this earth so i mean obviously he's up there watching out for us you know but it's just funny how he was like adamant about he wanted to go where his mom and his dad and wanted to go with his aunts and uncles even if that was in a bad place you know what i mean but then in the last days he changed his tomb
0: Well, one thing your grandpa always did have too, and I thought this is fascinating, he always had a sign, this was in his porch, it said, the best sermons are not preached, they're lived. And I always thought that was a very, very powerful statement. He was a man of few words. I think he, you know, sort of had his own beliefs, didn't go to church, but I do believe he was very knowledgeable of the Bible. One of his sisters was a very staunch Christian And I believe they had a lot of conversations. I've had a lot of conversations with my dad about beliefs before he passed. And, you know, everybody sort of has their own own thoughts. I could sit 500 pastors in a room and they'd all disagree on certain things from the Bible. And so, you know, none of us are going to agree 100%. But I really think it's important to have a dialogue about it. I also think the words of our testimony are very powerful. Now, Dallas, you had... Ah, uh, you had quite an experience. Uh, speaking of demons, talk about the experience you had not so long ago.
2: Oh goodness. Okay, I guess we're doing this Okay, So, um, last summer or no, it wasn't even last summer. It was probably seven months ago. Oh. Basically, what happened is I I was lying in bed. I, I woke up and it was light in the room, but it was it was dark. The blankets were over my face, so I pulled back the blanket. And there was this black figure literally on top of my pelvic area and I couldn't get it off. I could not get it off. And then it kept throwing the blankets over and it literally had breasts and it was like a completely dark silhouette of thing, even though there, there was light in the room, it literally freaked me out. And I remember like I could barely move, but I was literally, I ended up pulling myself off the bed and smashing my head on the, on the nightstand to get, to be able to move again. You know what I mean? And then obviously it was gone. And it, it freaked me out. Yeah. It, it literally scared the ever-living crap out of me. I remember going and uh, sitting in the hallway of the hotel that I was staying at and just sitting there for like two hours. And I, I called you, Mom, but your phone was on silent. I called my buddy, Ben. And uh, he, he's also a Christian um, and he came and picked me up and we actually went for breakfast and kind of had a discussion about it. And he had something similar happen when he was a lot younger. So, I mean, yes, yes, there's always an explanation for everything. If you don't believe and you don't, you don't have faith, you could always come up with some scientific reasoning behind everything. But I really believe that it, it could have been a demon or, or a seductress or whatever you want to call it. That was literally Sucubus. on top of succubus. There we go. Thank you, Carter. But yeah, I could have, who knows? I'm not, I'm not, obviously it was scary enough to me that I that I it scared me awake from definitely from not believing and I definitely have been in my Bible a lot more and haven't had anything like that happen since so that's very uh common amongst people who sleep on their backs and that's very common for people to see these shadowy
1: figures when they're in this sleep paralysis state and also the a feeling of just not being able to move And uh, I think probably what happened is as soon as you were able to break free and kind of slam your head into the table, I think that definitely woke you up. And that's why that figure disappeared is uh, when you became fully conscious. But again, you know,
2: it could could also be the other way. I'm not trying to say that that's completely what happened, but that's That's just just your justification of it. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. But
1: Carter, what if it
0: really is a demon and then over to Catelyn?
1: I'm also agnostic as well, uh, like Catelyn is. I, I don't really have any enough proof to believe really anything i think you can kind of believe certain aspects of evolution and of christianity or of any religion but i don't know i'm open i'm definitely open to believe that you know maybe that is a demon or maybe it was a an alien or you know it could have been anything but
0: why is it that you're so quick though to dismiss it as biblical catlin and carter
1: it's just coincidental coincidental that there's this phenomena that happens to tons of people you know and they seemingly only things. christian people
3: i'm not sure why demons aren't disrupting people balancing their checkbook at the bank and everyone can see it it's always these very super intimate moments especially that like contrived with sleep and stuff like i would be pretty amazed and i would be an instant believer yeah, if i was yeah, like, your mm-hmm. mind
1: your mind can do some pretty crazy things you know just
3: i think i would be an instant believer if i was at the bank and saw some woman being dragged along the floor by a shadowy figure that would definitely Make me become a member of Team Jesus pretty quick, but I've never experienced anything like that. So again, um, well,
0: not at least not yet. But here's yeah. the thing: you still really do dismiss it, and I understand that because you you're in the the mindset that you want to see it first to believe it which is kind of interesting that pretty um,
3: pretty natural response to stimuli i think that that's pretty Mm -hmm. important
0: a lot of things that are happening right now are actually predicted in the bible the cashless society the rise of the antichrist system no man buying or selling we're already having headlines with COVID vaccines that no man can buy or sell without first getting this vaccine, which is also a whole topic unto itself. So I find it interesting that John in the island of Patmos, when he got the vision of Revelation, I think it's interesting that a lot of these things are happening. And yet people still will not acknowledge that the Bible being written over 3000 years ago is like a newspaper read today. Don't you find that interesting? Prophecy is on fire right now.
2: Can I say something really quick, just, just about the vaccine thing. And I just want to know my other, bro- well, obviously your opinion too, mom, but what, what, uh, I want to know what they think about it. Like, what do you think with the fact that they can't be sued? Like, what do you think about that? The fact that like there's the, the, the people that create the vaccines and manufacture the vaccines, if Dude, something happens what? and people die, like Dude, people for, die. What? If, for killing people, you don't think that's a little bit strange that you can't be like, you could, if a doctor kills someone, they can be sued. But for a person creating vaccine, manufacturing vaccines, they cannot be sued.
3: I've never heard of this. I've never heard of people dying from vaccines. So I don't know.
2: Oh, really? It's literally, you can literally look at it up in mainstream news. I I got lots
3: of vaccines. I haven't died yet. I'm not suing anybody. I don't know. Like I say, I can't, I can't police the world and, and try to stick my nose in every single circumstance that's ever afforded anyone in the world, but I don't know much about it. So, but what, what's your hot take on why they can't be sued? they're peddling. Well, well,
0: I know why they can't be sued. This is an MNRA vaccine, which has never been there's never, ever been a vaccine for a virus ever in the in the history of mankind. And what would take somebody 20 years to create, they've fast-tracked it in seven months. And Moderna, Pfizer, some of these companies already, high-level military men are getting Bell's palsy. They're dropping dead from this vaccine. There's already 9,800 cases where people have MS-like symptoms right out of the chute. And yet all these companies have a clause in it that you cannot sue them for any kind of damage. So if you drop dead, you're screwed. You can't go back and fight this. And that's a fact. That's on record. Well, again,
3: I mean, I'm sure that may be the case, but like obviously someone whose significant other is in the medical field. Um, it just sounds like a bunch of malarkey. Number two, if you look and compare the actual deaths that COVID has caused compared to these a small fraction of people who have maybe died from the vaccine, I would call that a net win. I think Do you that think that's it's true.
0: interesting though that they there was a document that came out from Rockefeller in two thousand and eight that said that a pandemic would be the perfect catalyst for total control to get people to just acquiesce to whatever agenda in fear of this deadly pandemic. I find it interesting that we now know, according to the WHO, that 99.67% of people that, that get this perceived, or whether it's real or imagined, or whether it's a hoax, or it's interesting that the whole world acquiesced to something without a shot fired. And it's gone on and on, and now all the information. Changed. Well, you
1: know, people are people are getting fined if they disobey these rules, so it makes sense that they're not gonna become vigilantes thing, out in the, the night. Thing the risk thing that, that really
3: scares me though and like this type of mentality is just simply what you said right there. This is what actually terrifies me about your kind of ideology. The fact that we currently have a global pandemic that is killing hundreds of thousands of people and this is a real thing. We're using methods and we're trying to go through a protocol that's keeping everyone safe and that's not good enough for you. But yet you're willing to believe the Bible and that's something that is basically has no physical proof of any of the stories or anything that you are talking about demons manifesting. There's literally no physical proof of any of this, but we are literally currently living in a global pandemic that
0: is killing people. And you're resistant to that. So a couple of things. I'm not resistant to it. I'm resistant to what I believe is an agenda and a lot of media narratives corporate mind control media narratives. Again, I've done lots of exposés about how the media works, how three companies globally own all the print media, all magazines, all television. There's a very small monopoly of the who's who of the global elite that own all these platforms of how we get our information. I think it's very much a media narrative for complete control. It's all about control. And as far as Bible goes, there's many, many resources that show indisputable proof that the Bible is true. Many historical things, many accounts, you know, archaeological finds. So, I mean, that's a whole show unto itself. But we as Christians, we absolutely know that Jesus Christ is real because of how he operates in our life. It's very hard for somebody that doesn't believe to have that spiritual lens until they actually get saved, then everything changes. They really need to get, I think, red pilled first. But I mean, just the media alone, the fact that it's globally owned, and it is a false narrative. I mean, don't you find that interesting, Carter, that only three companies control everything on the planet? I mean, I find that really odd. Uh, I
1: don't know. I mean, there's lots of corporations that are mega corporations that are just rich. I don't see why they wouldn't want to expand their empire by, you know, buying more companies to increase their net
2: worth. The common amongst billionaires and of the such. So there's two things I'll just say. Um, So 220,000 Canadians die a year of cancer. But yet there's less than a quarter of them reported this year. So that's weird to me. Another thing is there's usually 20,000 people in Canada that die of the flu. And there's no deaths from the flu this year. Another thing I find super strange is all the small businesses being shut down. People can't go shop at their local mom and pop stop. But Amazon, Google, all of them is thriving. It's literally the biggest wealth transfer in human history that we've ever had. It's not okay to go get a haircut. It's not okay to go to the gym, but it's okay to line up with 2000 people at Costco. Give me a break.
3: Yeah, well said. Well, that's not actually really that well said because it's the medium in which these companies are transferring wealth. Amazon is most of their wealth is from online purchases. And this isn't face to face. It's just the nature of the medium in which people are purchasing these products. The reason why you can't go in person to these mom and pop stops like you mentioned, is because we are currently living in a global pandemic and this is transferred through the air. It's killing people. It's there is a death toll.
0: But uh, let me just throw this question out. What if you found out that actually none of that was true and it was all a massive scam to control the people and force them to take a vaccine bill gates is already wanting people to get several vaccines he said on record he, nothing can open up until everybody's widely vaccinated but do you find it interesting there's never been a vaccine in the history of the world for a virus there never has been so do you find that odd catlin just that
2: no but he's also not an epidemiologist. I mean, he doesn't like. Neither are you. No, that's what I'm saying. None of us are. So it's like yeah. it's hard for us to, you know, to argue. But just that. on
0: the flip side of the coin, w- what if there was no virus, Catlin? What would be your thoughts if you found that out?
1: Oh, that's crazy! <laughs> I can't believe they did that. that. Time to continue my day. What am I gonna do with that
0: information?
3: Oh no! Anyway
0: that's the biggest comment is gee that sucked to not be employed for a year someone as
3: someone who is currently in a relationship with someone who is greatly impacted by the COVID 19 pandemic that we're inside of um it's a little silly to imagine that this is a made-up thing by the corporate elites or whatever the case may be i think that this is dangerous ideology that you're pushing um and i think it's really important to uh face the facts that we have at hand and that's the fact that we have a global pandemic that is stacking bodies up and to assume or to even promulgate the idea that this is a fake government control idea. Um, I think it's just a, a terribly dangerous ideology. And I think it's a, a steps in a terribly worse direction you could possibly go. I think it's dangerous. I think it's vile.
0: Do you think it's vile to force a vaccine for people that don't want to get it? Do you not think that's a dangerous no, ideology? I
3: don't. I think that if you want you to have measles be and smallpox come in, you're da- you're endangering people with your terrible, terrible choices like that.
0: We always say in the abortion movement, my choice, my body, but we don't want to apply it to this. Do you find that interesting?
3: Uh, you keep saying interesting, like it's an, a it's a gotcha. But the reason for that is if someone gets an abortion, that doesn't affect me. If someone doesn't get a vaccine, that affects me. If the, if the
0: vaccine works, then you shouldn't have to worry about me though, right? What do you mean by that? If you get vaccinated, then why do you care if I'm vaccinated? Why run the
3: risk of c- potentially even if coming in contact? If the vaccine
0: works, why would you care if I'm not vaccinated?
3: I don't know. I guess you got me. What I'm do you convinced. mean? It, it literally, you can
2: like Google it. It's on. It's on file saying that the vaccine doesn't prevent the spread of COVID-19. It's mainstream. Like there's things people just don't care. They don't want to look it up. I don't know. It's crazy to me. Like Canada has the biggest debt from COVID-19 of any country in the world. We have $768 billion in debt because of COVID. My child's child, like my my daughter's grandkids will be paying off this debt. And even the World Health Organization goes on record. The director of the World Health Organization said, it's, this is not about COVID. Literally, just This is shows about that... the
0: Great Reset.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, the the World
0: it. Economic Forum, look it up. Klaus Schwab said, this has never been about that. It's always been about building back better but I mean we could go on and on about that we're certainly not gonna we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on that we got a little sidetracked but I want to get back to your podcast some of the content you cover I mean we live in a time though just in the climate of today where a lot of gaming is happening a lot of twitch tv phenomenal kinds of growth We're living in a climate where a lot of things are online. There's a lot of people that are really into the gaming scene, Marvel Cinematic Universe. uh, Comics were a huge part of your life you three brothers grew up on co- a lot of comics. And I wonder some days, though, if the comic industry is kind of tanking. It seems to me a lot of reading is not, you know, are people really doing a lot of reading in the age groups from 17 to 34? I wonder about that. Just in the technologically driven society we live today, is that is that a thing or do you find that's kind of tapering off? And I guess how does that affect where companies like marvel and dc will take things what's your thoughts on all that
1: well i I know my generation you know comics are basically non-existent uh you know a lot of kids just aren't interested in that anymore when you have avenues like the toys and the video games that are coming out nowadays they're just way more interesting
2: they were i think they were dead like carter said in our podcast yesterday i think comics were dead before the mcu ever really took off i also think there's some really cool comics that are that are out like uh with the whole like death hulk or whatever but I've i seen, think yeah. that
3: uh i think that we'll definitely see a resurgence in it and you know it's kind of like how people nowadays whether that we see a resurgence in people collecting vinyls i think there's always going to be that prestige of the physical ownership of a comic it's really fun to like peruse through these um these pages of comics and stuff i think they're great um i think it's a medium that's really well enjoyed by a lot of people but I do believe that it's going to slip into the niche kind of market once uh, how Carter demonstrated and said like his generation, I don't even think they really read that much in general, let alone comic <laughs> books.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Libraries are not doing that well. I, I've noticed a lot of rise in, by the way, I just want to mention a little uh, side note that you had a great bat cave. Will you admit that? <laughs> do you guys remember your bat cave when you were young?
2: Like the, the, the toy, like the, the, The big toy? Yeah. That was a long time ago. I was like, I think like five years old. Catelyn would have been like three and a half or something like that. I I remember a lot of, um, I was actually going through pictures the other day. Uh, me and me and my daughter were, and uh, it was cool to see like me and Catelyn like sitting at the table, and I had literally two Batmans, he had two Spidermans, we were just <laughs> sitting at the table with just huge smiles on our faces, and like I don't know, it's it, it definitely there's there's a lot of memories that we have with like the action figures and stuff, and you were always super supportive when it came to providing us with with things like that um dad was never really huge into the toys and stuff like that he was always more like hands-on with us but it's just cool to go back to that and think of all the all the fun that we've had with action figures in the past recently i went to um my auntie house and her kids all have like tons of action figures and we spent hours and hours like battling with these action figures. And they, they, they like you could just tell how much they loved playing with an adult who just loved to play with these action figures with them. And we had like, they probably had 50 of them and we had like this, like a giant arena battle with like, my three little cousins and me and they just like they still talk about it to their mom to this day about how like it was so fun to play with dallas because their parents don't do it so i'm I'm excited for when claire's that age that she could play with action figures and stuff even though she's a girl but my little cousin who's a girl also loves them so i mean i hope i can get her into that stuff because i will have some epic battles with my daughter
0: carter had uh i think almost every nintendo stuff he knows mankind
1: oh yeah, yeah you were definitely uh gracious enough to bless me with a vast array of Mario memorabilia as a kid so I appreciate it
0: <laughs> well i mean Ma- mario is such an iconic brand i'm sure you could show a picture to mario from nintendo to a amazonian rainforest pygmy and they'd know who it is i mean it's just absolutely you know one of the world's most recognizable iconic brands really
2: Grandpa didn't give a crap about video games at all, but he knows who Mario is, 100%. And he didn't care whatsoever. You know, that generation of people don't generally don't care. You know what I mean? Obviously, that'd be like the 80-year-olds now, but... They're just, they just didn't really resonate with them, you know, but those characters, the old school ones, like from Nintendo, yes, everybody, I'm pretty sure you could take it to basically any culture in the world and they'd at least know one of the characters.
0: So I want to get into in the last part of the show, talk about your podcast, talk about your aspirations, what you hope to achieve. You're having a lot of success, I might add, with just three brothers. Talk a little bit about that. Dallas, go Catelyn, then Carter.
2: Um, for me, for me, it originally, it was, it was a way to kind of just get back into spending more time with my brothers. And I, and I just think, honestly, I, it's hilarious. I've been having a lot of fun and I've never seen us laugh and like almost to the point in tears, sometimes when we get these podcasts going, like it's, we've had to stop ourselves a ton of times at the beginning of our podcast, because we're just like all chain laughing. Like we've been having a lot of fun with it. And obviously I just think it's, it's nice for people to see, especially like we're very blessed, but with this whole COVID situation that we can have this platform because the zoom calls and stuff, they wouldn't have really done it justice three years ago. But now with the whole COVID thing, it's literally put us, even though we're not all in the same area, we're able to get together and really just have a show and talk about all of our likes and loves and, you know, the things we've really enjoyed growing up. And me and Carter and Catlin, me and Catlin obviously are very close in age, two years with us, but there's 12 years between me and Carter. But just to see his progression um, in life, like where he started out, like me and Catlin started out with Game Boy Colors, you know what I mean? Like that was our thing. And then... (laughs) carter's generation was the nintendo ds 3d like how far it goes in 10 years and we'll see in another 10 years from now it's just i don't know it's just nice to be able to hang out with my bros and do something that's entertaining for people and hopefully hopefully we can continue to pique people's interest so they keep coming and joining the show we're looking forward to like building an actual community with this and um, bring people on um, different people and, and having live podcasts like we do everything we do we do live there's no snippets there's no cuts it's all just us being real there's just no editing whatsoever we're just completely 100 percent legitimate with people and it'll make our transition e- easier to do the actual live streams of it
3: i'm really excited about the project that we're uh getting involved in it's a lot of fun like dallas said it's been a lot of fun bonding with the brothers and having kind of laughs and discussing topics that we really enjoy and uh it's something that i hope we're able to really progressively get off the ground and get a following so it's been a lot of fun and you know hopefully we're able to do it uh full time at some point
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I love the podcast that we started here. And just, uh, you know, for me, uh, we've got a video coming out recently of us playing video games, you know, we've played video games our whole lives. So it's really fun to just get together, play some games together, or even just do a podcast, just talk to each other about things we enjoy. Because, you know, we usually do that regardless of whether we have an outlet or a show to do it on. So just to be able to kind of provide entertainment to people who also share similar interests is really nice. It's also just a lot of fun. Video that's coming out recently on our ch- or soon on our channel uh, where we're playing League of Legends. Just I had a lot of fun just editing that and kind of picking the best clips of us just having fun. And I think a lot of people can find enjoyment out of our just three brothers hanging out.
0: Well, one thing I would like to personally say, I think your symmetry is something that you cannot really find in a podcast. You grew up together, you have so many similarities and that symmetry and that connectivity, the chemistry is really unbeatable. And I think it's really nice that you interject your different opinions. It's also infused with a lot of comedy. We can always depend on Catlin to bring a real comic relief to everything. You know, he's such a comedic talent. I think he missed his life as a stand-up comedian myself. But, you know, just to have you guys all interject your thoughts and the, the symmetry has really been excellent. And I really enjoy it because I'm not physically in the same place where you guys are. And I really actually, just as your mom, it's really nice for me to just see you guys kind of cutting up on, you know, I enjoy it because I have a heavy ministry worldwide. And, you know, it's a lot of heavy, dark stuff I deal with. So it's, it's really, really enjoyable for me to watch your podcast.
2: And we appreciate it. We honestly do. Um, if I got to speak for everybody here, like if it weren't for your what you're doing with the whole recording and podcasting, we wouldn't have had a clue where to start. We're very blessed to have you in our life to kind of show us the ropes. And we, we, we wanted to do this for a long time. I think it was... 10 months ago or something that we tried to do our first recording on discord and that was a frustrating mess so it was nice to be able to go from that point to even our first show our first dragon ball z podcast like it went fluid i think our first podcast that we did like obviously there was some things that wasn't as good as i Wanted it to be, but considering it was our first show and our first podcast, I think it went really, really well. Even yesterday's recording that we did, it took it took us 12 attempts to get in on the first one because we we were just all laughing our heads off and the faces Catelyn makes sometimes can literally just take a guy right off topic and you just can't help but just laugh. It was so funny though. It was, it was definitely, I'm excited for our future together. And like you said, the symmetry we have and, and just how easy it is to talk with each other. And the fact is we don't have the same views. We disagree on so much stuff, but we're never, we're never hurting each other, being rude to each other just because we don't agree on things. Like we have different views, but we don't let, let that affect our relationship.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, our opinions aren't always with human beings. Everyone has differing opinions, but I think finding a balance and being able to just respect one another, just even despite that, I think that's really something good. So I'm glad, you know, we can all have this platform just to be able to speak our own minds. And I think I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to do that.
0: So in the last part of the show, what do you guys got on the hopper real quick? And what are your future plans for Just Three Brothers? Talk about that.
1: Uh, Well, right off the bat, I know me personally, I'd love for us to just do some more gaming videos. You know, the podcast is nice, but I think we could really find our stride with uh, these gaming videos. I personally love editing them. So, you know, that's not an issue for me. I'd love to just keep peddling those out. I think those are really fun. And I think we could definitely get some good content out of that. And it's just something we enjoy doing. So we definitely gonna have more of those down the way, and uh, more podcasts, of course, on all sorts of different topics. And as well, we're also releasing a new series, which I think we're calling J3B Minis, uh, which are oh. just kind of short, ten to fifteen minute discussions about certain topics. So yeah, we've got a lot of stuff on
2: the way. Um, for me, I think um, I'm excited for the podcast in general, and. Basically, I'm just excited to any time that the three of us get together and, and do something towards this channel, I, I think is amazing. I think it's our chemistry is just getting better and better. And I mean, obviously, we're brothers, so it just comes kind of naturally to us. But I mean, I'm, I'm most excited for the podcast and where that can take us. And, and I'm excited to get some other people on our show and, and really um, network with other people. Like my biggest thing is building a community and building people so that we're getting hundreds of comments and that I can really talk to people and like see what other people want and stuff like that obviously the gaming thing that's carter loves playing video games like a lot so i mean it's it'll be nice to to have like a an avenue for him to do his editing because he really enjoys that and he really enjoys showing us his his final copies of these edits that he does and he puts a lot of hard work into it so that's nice too and i just look forward to all the things on the horizon um recently yesterday we just shot an avengers video and that'll be going up next monday i think um i think we're putting up our first gaming video tomorrow we got a Lot of exciting things on the horizon as long as we're putting in the work. I think uh, it's just going to
3: slowly take off. Yeah, I'm just feeling very blessed and I'm very excited for the future.
0: Yes, indeed. I'm really excited too. And I'd like you to give out all your information, how folks can follow you for Just Three Brothers.
1: Well, uh, right off the bat, our YouTube channel is called Just Three Brothers. If you look up Just Three Brothers podcast on YouTube, you'll be able to find us. I believe we're the first one that comes up for most people. Also our Twitter is at J3B podcast and our Instagram is just three brothers podcast, all one word. So I think those are the most important. We also have a Podomatic account. We can leave a link for that in the description as well with through Podomatic. You'll be able to find our Spotify, Apple podcasts, uh, audible and all those other
0: platforms. Well, thanks for that, Carter. I've got all the information linked in the description below. If you are of the ages, um, Really, the demographic between 17 and I would say up to 35. Check out Just Three Brothers podcast. Again, all the information is linked below. And thank you very much, gentlemen. I was really happy when you guys agreed to come on my program and, uh, you know, just have a chat. And I'm looking forward to maybe down the road having you guys back on. Thank you very much for taking the time out. And on a personal note, I pray for a lot of success in your endeavors down the road, boys. Thanks very much for coming on the program today.
2: Thank you very much. We, We appreciate it, Sheila slash mom.
0: That is Just Three Brothers Podcast. Check out the information linked in the description below. Thank you for listening to the program today, and we'll see you real soon. Good night, and God bless you.